I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today is a very special episode. I know I say that every time, but living in this moment right now, I am so excited to share with you my guest today, Christy Whitman. You know that saying, the teacher will appear when the student is ready? Well, I feel like that is so true when I learned about Christy, and actually with every guest I've had on the show. Christy speaks my language, and when I hear her story, I can totally relate. She is great friends with some of the guests I have had on this podcast, and I can see why. Before we get started, I wanted to remind you, if you are interested or know anyone who might want to learn about my Raising Confidence course, I am having free masterclasses this week. So sign up in the link in the show notes so you won't miss out on this course that will transform your kids and empower them with so many powerful tools, make them discover that they can be leaders in this world and have the confidence to make a difference. Confidence is so important, which I feel leads to success in every area of life. I just graduated my last group and it's bittersweet because I have grown so close to them and I'm so proud of their growth and will miss our weekly meetings and our daily lessons. I know each one who comes to me has been sent to me. And when you surrender and trust and know that God is bringing these beautiful souls into my life because they are ready to grow, that is what I call magic. Also, don't forget, we still have two weeks left of my contest for subscribing, rating, and reviewing my podcast. Just take a screenshot of your review and DM me or message me on Instagram or Facebook, and I will announce the winner of the $100 gift card at the end of the month. I appreciate that so much. It just opens up more doors for me to bring on guests that I dream about. Sometimes I wonder, how do I find these incredible guests? (laughs) I remember when I first started this podcast thinking, who is going to say yes when I ask them to be on my show? Now, almost 50 episodes in, all I can say is when you build it, they will come, is a true statement, or at least how I feel when I look back at this past year and the amazing guests I have been able to meet and interview and share with you. The connections I have made on this podcast have been truly life-changing. Now on to today's episode, who is another guest who has inspired me, who has taught me so much. Reading all of her books has been life-changing. And when she said yes, I was beyond grateful because I want to shout her words of wisdom to the universe. She is my soul sister and doesn't even know it yet. 
You will just be so transformed after meeting Christy today. I promise you, your life will never be the same. I know mine isn't, and that is why I love having these one-on-one conversations with people who I admire and relate to and want everyone to learn from them. Before we get started, let me give you a little bit of Christy's background. Christy Whitman is a New York Times best-selling author, transformational leader, and master certified law of attraction coach. She has appeared on the Today Show and the Morning Show, and her work has been featured in People Magazine, Seventeen, Women's Day, Hollywood Life, and Teen Vogue. As the CEO and founder of the Quantum Success Coaching Academy, a 12-month Law of Attraction coaching certification program, Christy has helped thousands of people worldwide to achieve their goals through her empowerment seminars, speeches, and coaching sessions and products. This has allowed them to find their voice, strength, and healing. Christy's life-changing message reaches over 150,000 people a month, and her work has been promoted by and featured with esteemed authors and luminaries such as Marianne Williamson, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Neil Donald Walsh, and so many more. You are going to love Christy's story and her view on manifesting, abundance, creating a life of ease, grace, and love. Get ready to take notes on this one. This will be one of those episodes you will want to listen to again and share it with a friend. So without further ado, please welcome Christy Whitman to the show. Welcome. Hi. So (laughs) nice to meet you. And we didn't have time a lot before I pushed record because I want to get as much of you in this episode as I can. There's so much to unpack. And I know you don't know me or know my story, but when I listen to your story, it's so exactly my life. And it is so amazing because I so relate to, I was married once for a year, that wasn't in the same, you know, my mind, I was searching for my purpose. I didn't even know that was possible. And then all of a sudden I move and I learned something. This I went to this PSI seminar, this company, it was like this long story, but that opened my eyes. I go, oh my gosh, this is life. Like, this is what I can do. And then all of a sudden it just, the floodgates opened. And that's when my life just completely shifted. And I so relate, we're kind of like the same age. And I was like, gosh, we were going down the same path. And then all of a sudden, look, I get to see you. And (laughs) gosh, it's just been so fun to, I could study, I could learn from you all day long. And I, I, I said in the intro, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I really feel that way with you. Oh, thank you. That's so honoring. I appreciate you, Ashley. That's so sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. But I would love, because I feel so connected to you, I love your story. And I, I, this podcast is called Uncover Your Magic. So I always feel like there's that moment in life where you just really discovered your magic. So, because we kind of have the same thing. I, I would love for people to get to know, you know, you're just this girl in, you know, where, Chicago? Yeah, I was Living born and raised born and raised in Scottsdale, Arizona and graduated from ASU and I decided that if I was going to have a career, there wasn't a lot of opportunity in Arizona at the time and I kind of always use the signs from the universe even back then. Every guy I ever dated was from Chicago. And so I was like I had, you know, I had visited Chicago a bunch of times. There was a booming economy there, so and my very best friend wanted to move to Chicago because she was originally from there. So literally all signs went to Chicago. 
And so moved there and got a job and was doing really well, got promoted within the company. And, you know, so here I was, and then I met a guy that worked with the company and we got engaged and moved in together. And so here, you know, I've got this great paying job and making money. I've got my best friend living in the city with me. I'm getting married. And my girlfriend said to me, I've known her since seventh grade. She said, Christy, I've never seen you more depressed. I've never seen you more upset. And I was, I was really unhappy. And I, I really just was not enjoying the Chicago weather. But more importantly, I felt really controlled in my mm-hmm. relationship. I felt really trapped. And I thought, you know, I'm supposed to be, this is supposed to be the happiest time of my life, right? right? And so I broke off the engagement, which was not an easy thing to do. But then she and I moved into this amazing brownstone in Wrigleyville. And I, you know, honestly was having the time of my life in one aspect and building my career and, you know, doing all these things. But in the quiet times when I wasn't busy, I was really unhappy. I felt really unfulfilled. And I really felt like, is this all there is? You know, it's like Mm -hmm. succeed and achieve and make money. And like, is this it? Is this what this big whole thing of life is? And that led me to literally starting to ask bigger questions. And I happened to meet a guy that was with my company that lived in Northern California. We were doing the long distance thing. And I finally decided to make a lateral move with my company and I moved to Northern California. And within a a month being there, I found out that what kind of guy he really was and we broke up. So here Mm -hmm. I now I am in the middle of Northern California. I don't have any friends, any family members, anybody around me. And I met one person though through that boyfriend and she was a hairdresser. So I went to go get my haircut and she had this joy about her. I didn't even have that language at the time, but there was something so different about her than I'd ever experienced from anybody. And I finally just speak as blunt as I am. I'm like, okay, what do you do? And she just immediately knew what I meant. And she said, and this was 25 years ago. She said, I, I meditate. And Actually, I like never had known anybody that meditated. I didn't, you know, it wasn't something that was like fashionable and, you know, hip to do back then. So when I thought of a meditator, I thought of like some guru guy sitting on top of a mountain, you know, with this long beard and the white coat sitting in a yogi position, oming. And I was just like, I mean, paradigm shift literally like flipped. And I said, tell me more about that. And she, she just showed, told me how much her life changed by meditating. And she goes, I'll introduce you to my meditation teacher. So she gave me Melanie's phone number. And I was literally dialing Melanie's number as I was leaving the salon. Oh, and really? I found myself in front of Melanie's house. And when I walked in, there was just clinky, clanky new age music and incense and candles and, you know, statues of, statues of angels. And I was thinking, what am I getting myself into here? What am I doing? And we sat on a cushion on the floor and, mm-hmm. you know, again, wasn't raised with that at all. And so she said to me words that literally cracked me open, changed my life to this day. Again, this is before the internet. This is before a secret right. came out. This is pre everything. And so she said to me, you create your own reality. And when she said that to me, it was like, wow, I do. Wait, how? You know, my mind kicked in and went, how? And she said, by your thoughts, you're either repelling things from you or attracting things to you. And then again, I was like, whoa. How old are you? How old are you now? At this I'm stage? 50. No, 
uh, at that time? (laughs) 25. 25. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, lived 25 years of life, never heard this before, but you know, I was happy enough that I learned it at a pretty fairly young age. And, but what, what kicked in for me is she started talking about thoughts and I was like, well, I knew I could change my mind. Like, I don't want to go here. I want to go there. I don't want to wear this. I want to wear that. But thoughts are are just, they're my thoughts. You know, it's like what I think of something, those are real. right? Right. And so for me, she goes, I want you to just go home and for a week, just pay attention to your thoughts. Don't do anything with them. Just pay attention to them. And I couldn't believe when I started listening to my own thoughts, Mm -hmm. how negative I was, how critical I was, how condemning and to myself, to others, to the universe, to God, you know, but I could walk by a mirror and just have like, you know, six or seven cut downs within 10 seconds. And it was like, wow, I never realized I was so mean to myself. Right. You know, and that's what started to change is that I started to stop those nasty thoughts about myself and started opening up to more self-loving thoughts and things started changing. And when that started changing, I got like, whoa, this is insane. How could just by changing a thought literally create different things in my life? Mm -hmm. And so I became such a seeker, a student. I became so hungry to learn about universal laws that I was any book I could get in touch with. And there wasn't a lot back then, you know, there was, but there wasn't right. And any, any speaker that I could uh, speak on or or hear speak and, you know, just kind of gather as much information as I could. And I just became a student. I started watching my thoughts and deliberately choosing how I wanted to feel and really started the process of meditation and visualization. And within about a five year period, I looked at my life and went, wow, I was, married, lived in a house. You know, when I first learned about this, I lived in a room. I was renting a room in a very strange woman's house. I didn't have a job, you know, because I quit my job. I couldn't stand doing it anymore. I didn't have a partner. I mean, I had gained a lot of weight. So here I was five years later, I had my ideal body, money in the bank, a great paying job. I was married, living in a really cute house in a really great neighborhood. And I looked back and went, wow. Right. I mean, total transformation. Hmm. And yet that's when I was like, but I have a great paying job, but I really don't have passion for this job. I'm good at it. I'm making good money, but I'd like to do something that I am passionate about, that I feel on purpose with. Exactly. And that's when I started cultivating that connection with purpose and passion. And within a month's time of doing that consistently, my first book, Perfect Pictures, literally downloaded through me. I got it published, started speaking in bookstores on it. People started asking me to coach them. And then I just followed my passion and purpose. And here I am 20 years later as a coach and seven books later, and I've certified over 3000 life coaches. And so, so when you, so awesome. But when I look at your life and how you, you know, you had this little nudge, I'm going to move to California that, that for sure that guy was the angel that pushed you there, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you look at the little, you know, this, the breadcrumbs along the way, and then you meet Melanie and you go through that whole thing. And that's when your magic opens. You're like, oh my gosh, this is possible. And you see how she is and you want to be like that. Cause you didn't even know that. Were you raised with your mom and dad? I know there, how were you raised? 
My mom and dad, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was a mechanical engineer, hardest working person I've ever met, smartest man, very, very negative, very, very pessimistic, still is to this day. He will always look Hmm. for all the wrong things that can happen. As a matter of fact, I used to work for him in high school and he would have Murphy's Law posters in his office. Hmm. So I I talk about universal laws, right? He was like, believes in Murphy's Law, that if something's going to go wrong, it will. And you know, those kind of things. But my mom and dad, even to this day, have a very, a very hard relationship. They've been married, you know, 65 years. And I never appreciated or respected their relationship because they're nasty to each other. The way they speak to each other, uh, it's not love. Right. And they do love each other. I can see evidence like when they dance together or when they do some things, but for the most part, their communication they're, wow. they're just, yeah, they're mean and nasty to each other. And they, my dad does, he's got to, you know, love my father and my mother very much, but my dad is emotionally has an IQ of a three-year-old wow. and, you know, looks like a grown man. But when I think about how you now are married and, and you had that aha moment in the hair salon and with Melanie, but when you go to now get married, you were married before. Yes. And yeah. you met him in California. Yes, I did. Okay. So then what? You were married for how long? We were married almost five years. We were together eight oh, years. Okay. And and even in that relationship, I was really proud of the relationship that I had with him because he was a good guy. Um, we had good communication. Um, it wasn't like a fighting, arguing kind of relationship like my mom and dad had. And I was really grateful for that because it was it was a lot of affection and it was a lot of respect. And um, so I was really grateful that I created something totally different than what my mom and dad had. And now with my husband of 15 years that I have two boys with, I have my man, uh, my right. life partner. It's something that I, that I can just look back and go, that is one of my best manifestations to come from a house that was like that in a right. relation and seeing that and witnessing that as a role model, you know, mm-hmm. of a relationship to have the kind of relationship that I have now, it took a lot of work. It took a right. lot of work on myself. My husband, you know, did a lot of work on himself. We did a lot of work together because we both came with dysfunctions in our relationship. And I'm grateful for the work that we did so that we, we have the kind of relationship we have now. Right. So how did you meet your husband now? So I met him at a uh, personal development conference. I was standing in line. They were about to take a hike and they um, told us to categorize ourselves if we were beginning beginner, intermediate or advanced hikers. And I was in good shape. I work out all the time, but I didn't hike. So I went into the intermediate line and a couple of guys that I met the night before, they went into the advanced line and they're like, come on over here. What are you doing? You're in great shape. So I'm like, all right. So I went into the advanced line I didn't know who I was in front of or back of or anything. And then they told us to pick a hiking partner. And so he turned around, my husband, and he's very good looking. He turned around and he looked down to me. And and the first words he ever said to me was, will you be my partner? Oh, cute. I love it. (laughs) Wow. Did you have that instant thing? Like you knew? We were on on the hike and it was funny because he was talking to another couple of guys that were hiking with us. And one of the guys lived in Montreal because my husband was from Montreal. And um, he was talking about how he was selling his house. And Frederick's like, oh, how much are you wanting? And I said in my head, wait, wait for me. Don't buy a house. Uh. And I'm kind of going to myself (laughs) like, you just met this guy. Are you insane? 
My divorce wasn't even final yet. Oh, and I'm funny. like, you know, talking, but right. I just knew. I just right. knew. Oh, I love it. You know, when you, <laughs> so the story about how you've discovered the council and started writing the books and yeah. when you're on that cruise ship, or was it, you had that moment too, when you had your family on the cruise ship, but then it was before that, that you wrote the first book. Yeah. So this is the desire factor that's coming out now is my, I just ordered it. Yeah. Oh, good. You're going to love it. Um, so the, when you're talking about, I've been on many cruise ships when I've had like downloads, I was telling my husband the other night, I'm like, Hey, we got to go on another cruise ship. Um, but I was, mm-hmm. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and my you know kids were in the separate rooms. My husband's in the bedroom and I just got that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a familiar thing now. So it was like, it was grab a pen, grab a journal. And, um, I grabbed it, went into the bathroom and stacked up a bunch of towels on the cold floor and sat there for hours just writing. And it's like automatic writing. It's like my hand becomes independent of my own consciousness. It's like, it just goes. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's pretty trippy. It's it's pretty cool. Gosh. I've interviewed a few people on here that have had that experience where they said, I've never would in my million years, write a book. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, I can't help it. It just keeps coming. But were you, was that your intention? Were you trying to find that inner person in you, like that soul connection or we, it just happened? It, It just happened. I mean, you know, when I, when I wrote my first book, like how this whole process started, I was just deep into my own journey and I, you know, got up at, I was literally woken up at 105 in the morning for seven nights in a row and the voice was so, uh, it, it was like, it was loud. It was clear. Um, it was giving me like the first sentence and the first you know paragraph. And, and I had to get up huh. and write it down because it was what it was saying to me. I was like, okay, I, those are not my thoughts. Right. It's, it's independent of me. It's coming from a different place. Huh. And I didn't know where it came from. I knew it was universal, you know, whatever you right. want to call it. I knew it was higher awareness and wisdom than I had because after I you know, had the describing session, I would read it and go, whoa, you know, wow, that's, that's amazing. Huh. And so all of my books have been written that way. As a matter of fact, I had a book that my very first book that hit the New York times, you know, I had literary agents coming to me going, okay, what's your next book? And I'm like, I don't know. It hasn't revealed itself yet. Right. I mean, and the desire factor was another book that we were on a cruise ship And it was amazing moment because I was, we had just gone to Venice that day and I had bought this beautiful Dolce and Gabbana purse. Right. And I was looking at this purse and I remembered that desire to have this experience because when I, years prior, maybe about seven years prior to that, I went on a trip to Italy with my parents and my husband, he wasn't my husband at the time, it was my, my boyfriend and we went into Venice and I remember seeing, it was like the gates of heaven open. Oh, you know, I see right. Fendi, Fendi and I, I love high fashion, right? So right. I saw Chanel and Fendi and Louis Vuitton and, you know, Versace and Valentino. And it was just like, oh my gosh. And I thought to myself, well, I had just started my business, right? There's no way I could throw down a thousand, two thousand dollars on a, on a purse. But right. I, I declared, I said, Someday I'm going to come back to Venice and I'm going to buy whatever purse I want to buy, regardless of the price as a, as a symbol of the success. Right. So here I was on this cruise ship. I had not only been there buying a purse, but I had taken my mom and my dad on this trip, my two boys, 
who I didn't oh. have when I made that intention right. and my husband and, and, you know, really was celebrating the success that of my business, but also all the people's lives that had been impacted by my work and, right. you know, having that experience of going into Venice and going, okay, I'm going shopping with my husband today and whatever's, you know, if I don't find something, I won't get something, but if I love something, I'm going to get something. And so here I was back on this cruise ship holding this purse. And I'm like, wow, what a symbol of success. Like this mm-hmm. is a symbol of my desire. And then the voice kicked in and said, that's so shallow. And I was like, <laughs> oh wait my a gosh. minute, what? Wait. And then huh. that's when the council started downloading that book to me. That's like everybody, so many people do that. They have a desire that expands them, that helps them become more of who they are. And that's what desires do. Right. And yet they negate them. They talk themselves out of them. They judge themselves for having it just like you did. And I went, wow. Huh. So, so you look at the desire as like God or, you know, the councils giving you the idea. And if you push it away, that's, you know, we have free will. So, yes. but to really listen to that. And when you do, that's when I feel like the magic comes right? It's exactly it. That's the exact premise of the book is that when you are flowing with it, you know, when you're saying yes to that idea that then becomes a desire and you feel yourself expanded by it, you know, it's not about the end all desire. I mean, the human being that has that desire, whether it's a better business or a house or a car or a purse or a partner, whatever the desire may be. Yeah. You get to benefit from it. But for the divine that's breathing us, it's who we became in the process of creating it. Right. Totally. You know, when I look at the way you describe like gaining weight, losing it, what you're, everything that you say is exactly what within, without that whole as within, so without. Yes. Right. Yeah. I want to really go into those seven essential in which the, um, yeah, seven essential laws. Yeah. Yeah. Those are really fascinating to me because today I was listening to you when, when it was like, if you could just do with, go with one of the laws, you were talking about the abundance and the, will you explain your, why you even came up with that? Yeah. So I love that. It's very helpful. So I'm glad. Thank you. Um, yeah. So for all these years I was gathering information and for me, I would hear about other laws and I would apply them. And, you know, it was kind of like a trial and error in my own life of what am I doing that's manifesting? What am I doing that's working? What's not working? That sort of thing. And so for me, the seven essential laws were like, these are the laws that if people could understand the rules of the game, like these are the, these are the laws of life that everybody needs to understand. It's kind of like going and playing baseball for the first time and you don't, you've never played and right. Someone hands you a bat and says, okay, they're going to hit the ball to you. They're going to throw the ball to you. You got to hit it. Right. And you hit the ball and then someone goes run. And then you run to third base it's like, you know, it just makes sense if you're going to play a game to know what the rules are. And I was like, this, these are the rules of life. And right. what really, what really, as years of practicing and coaching and helping people understand them, it's like, there's really one law that people really have to learn how to manifest even out of these seven essential laws. And it's the law of sufficiency and abundance. Because when you are practicing this law, all the other laws kick into place. Right. Right. So it's like, you have to go, Ooh, that law, then that law, then that law. It's like, focus on this one law, practice that. And then everything works in relation with it. So the law of sufficiency and abundance is an amazing law because when you think of it, it's like, we live life on a spectrum and most human beings have their consciousness. That's either programmed, rooted in some form of lack. 
and lack always feels bad. So on this side of the spectrum, that's where fears and doubts and frustrations and resentments and disappointments and worries and you know all of that, all of that stems from a perspective of lack. Mm-hmm. And it always feels bad. So that's how you know, am I in lack? Well, am I feeling good or am I feeling bad? I'm feeling good. No, I'm in abundance, right? But if right. I feel bad, I'm in lack. On the other side of the spectrum is abundance, which that's where all the good feelings are, joy and expansion, excitement and you know, love and, and abundance and prosperity. All of those are on the other side of the spectrum. They're all in alignment with abundance. So if you feel good, you're in abundance. If you feel bad, you're in lack. And there's that tipping point, right? You have to, if it's a spectrum, you have to go from one, one place of lack to into abundance. And that's the middle, which is satisfaction, which is another way of saying it is contentment, fulfillment, being satiated, you know, looking mm-hmm. for positive aspects, feeling appreciation that tips us into abundance. And what's interesting is that all of us have this spectrum on any given subject. So it could be a spectrum on money, right? You could think, I want more money. I want to track more money, but you're worried about money. You're not in abundance of money. You're in the vibration of, even though you're like, I'm focused on it. I want it. You know, I'm going to work really hard to get it. If you're worried about it, your vibration, which goes out to the universe and matched by law of attraction gives you more of the same. So, you know, it could be you're wanting to attract a partner and you're thinking, oh, I would know the qualities of this partner and I know what I want, but you're like, where is he, right? Yeah. You're like feeling impatient. That's also being in lack because that's a motion that doesn't feel good. Right. So when we can understand where we are in any given topic or subject in our lives on that spectrum, we have the free will and choice to shift into the satisfaction of it. What positive right. aspects could you look for it? And that shifts us out of lack and into abundance. Most people are in lack and they don't even realize they're in lack and they right. keep getting more lack, more evidence of lack because that's how the universe works. And their words that they speak, yes. right? Yes. Do you believe in like when they say fake it till you make it, how do people get from this person? I mean, it's, I am so much about the words that I speak. I mean, in this home with my two girls, I mean, we, I've raised them this way and I'm sure you've raised your boys that way too. I mean, we can't even say, we'll catch each other and say, cancel that. Like Abraham Hicks, like I've raised them kind of like on that with those, all her values. But when I think of listening to people and talking the negative and the negative, and I'm like, oh, and I, it almost where I, it, yeah, I, no, you can't say that. Like right. your word is your wand. Like that is exactly what you're going to get. How do you, in your work, when you coach somebody and they're constantly in this lack mode, negative talk, all that stuff, how do you get them to that satisfaction to feel out, oh, this is what you're supposed to be like. This is when the magic is on this side. Yeah. Well, it is. It's understanding. I break it down for my clients that, you know, it's all about, we create and get back where our consciousness is. And our consciousness is the words that we speak. It's the thoughts that we think. It's the perspectives that we hold. It's the emotions that we feel or don't feel. And then the actions that we take, what we do. And the first of those always, it even says it in the Bible, right? In the beginning, there was the word. So if you're starting a very creative something saying, I miss, well, miss is a word that's rooted in lack. If you're right. saying, I had this example during when we were in lockdown for COVID and everything, I would hear people from celebrities and athletes that I coached to my next door neighbor, even to my own child would say, I miss school. And I'd say, what do you appreciate about school? 
And then he would start talking about what he appreciated. He didn't even realize he pivoted, right? Mm -hmm. Kids are easy, right? Right. Adults are a little bit more because they're they're rooted back in, well, I miss this and I miss that. But I even caught myself saying, God, I, I really miss going to a restaurant. And then I went, whoa, no. What am I looking forward, forward to? to? Yeah, I love and that. So, and so I said to my husband, I go, you know what? When the restaurant's open, what restaurant do we want to go out? What's like our first date going to be? And he, we were talking back and forth of what restaurant we would like to go to. And, and then we were like, do we want to go just you and I, or do we want to go with another couple? And if so, who's it going to be? You know, and then it became, ooh, what am I going to wear? You know, right. so it became a very different conversation when you just look at it like, I could have said, oh, I miss going to rather, I miss going on a date. Ugh. Now I feel bad because right. I feel limited. I feel like I can't do something, right? I feel like I'm being controlled. Like, when is this going to end? Now I'm feeling impatient versus going, gosh, I really look forward to when the restaurant's opening up. Now I got yeah. creative. Right. What right? A shift. You can even see, feel it in your energy, you know, it's so powerful. Just yeah. that little thing of people realize just that little bit that you say, can shift word. Yes. It's crazy. It is. I look at how, you know, this whole year has been and, you know, it's right. I always tell the girls everything that you haven't been able to do. Think of when you would get to, it's going to take it to the next level. We're going to really be grateful and it's going to be even more fun, you know, and I just to instill that in kids. And I have a course right now that I'm teaching these teenagers. I just felt like this year was definitely something in me came out and said, I need to help these children with law of attraction and teaching them these things. And it's like magic watching them really get it. Like, oh, you know, this is the time for people to go from this low to go, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Shift your mind, say the right words. And then you are on the other side of that wall. That is just where you, I mean, I think once you get to that wall, like we do, like, it's so hard to come on the other side. You know, I just painful. Yeah. Yeah. I just really can't. It doesn't exist in me at all. Yeah. And when I do, when I divert and go back there, there's evidence that comes really quick so that I am able to just go, okay, wait a minute. I am not a victim here. This is not an assertion based universe. This is an attraction based universe. I had this happen. It was like a couple of weeks ago. I was, we live in a community where they have, we have a gate, you know, and it has a sensor, obviously, if you have the sensor and they have two gates, one that's like a wrought iron big gate and another one that they instilled so that only one car can go in, you know, through at a time. So they kind of have those like parking meter arms. And there was a woman in front of me and she stopped in the middle of the gate and wouldn't let me in. And I'm like, wait a minute, I live here. This like my sensor lifted up the arms and she huh. waited there until the arms went down and then she took oh my off. Gosh. And she, it was the same woman that did that to my husband the week before. So normally stuff like that, I'd be like, that is so not cool. Like, right. wow, I was livid. I got so mad. And normally like that wouldn't bother me, but it really did. So I tried to back up. I couldn't get in. It was totally inconvenient. I had to go around and then put my code in. It was, and so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go say something to her. So I drove up in front of her house and I said, you know, that didn't feel good. You know, it's like, you don't have to police the, the gate area. Like the gate does that. If I'm a worker or a visitor, the gates go down. But if I live here, the gate goes up. And it's like, I live here. I have a sensor. You don't have to block the area. You not only did that to me, you did it to my husband. And she's like, I'm just following the rules. And I'm like, mm, mm. not really. <laughs> and so 
I was so mad because it was like, she wasn't hearing me. She wasn't getting it. Right. And I felt, I go, okay, why am I mad? Yeah. What, what is triggering me? What came and got me? Cause if there wasn't anything in me that came and got hooked, then it, it would just be a random you know, thing like, okay, that's funny. But this got me. Huh. Right. And so I, the thing that bothered me was like, I felt blocked. I did not like being blocked. Right. And huh. so I was like, oh, okay, this is for me. As the council says, yes, that is a gift because that gift showed me that there's somewhere inside of myself where I'm blocking me. And if I'm oh, doing that, that as within, so without, right? right? If I'm doing something to block myself, that's going to show evidence in my reality. And so right. since it did that, and I got connect, I got attached to it and I had a reaction, that mm-hmm. means that there's somewhere inside of me. So then I was able to sit with myself, work with the places that I felt that I was blocking myself. And then, you know, it didn't happen again. Right. Right. So it's like we can use the things in our environment to go, okay, if this is a attraction-based universe, which it is, if it's all vibration, then I am going to, from vibration, attract all things I want to me. And if I attract contrast to me, that's a gift to go, "Uh oh, okay, that's something I don't want, something I don't appreciate. If I get energized and attached to it, something inside of me is really drawing that to me. So unless I want to keep attracting situations like that or things, other things that block me, I need to release that. Right. It's like a limiting belief, right? Like something that you, right. Yeah. So when I always think when something like that, when I react, it's like something in that is a mirror of what's going on inside. Is that kind of what you mean? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you, if you think about it as we are attracting everything in our life, we create our own reality. As Melanie said to me all those years ago, nothing is asserted. None of us are victims right? If everything is attracted by our energy, by our consciousness, right? We might not be aware that we've got a block in our emotions. Maybe we haven't expressed something, right? But it's like something happens and then all of a sudden we get triggered and we feel that sense of disappointment or rage or frustration or whatever the emotion is, sadness. That's an opportunity to go, oh, this is in my reality. And clearly it's like a string of energy this mm-hmm. is inside of me or else I wouldn't have attracted it. Kind of right. like a balloon, right? Yes, I love that. Yes. And you let it, let it go, process the energy of it. Now you're feeling clearer to bring in the energy that you do want and then visualize and bring in the experiences that you do want. So the next time the lady's in front of you and she does that, you just go, oh, there she goes. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there she goes. That's her little thing. She likes to do that. All good. Log I don't allowing. need to go by her house. I don't need to come right. out of my car and scold her. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, okay, there, there she is. I'll sit back, let her do her thing, let the gates go. And she feels secure in her own way of controlling her part of the universe. And, you know, she was a perfect match for what I had going on. But it's funny. It's like, I haven't seen her since. Huh, see, I love, oh, that's so powerful. And if people get that and they get to know that the, the triggers are the things that they need to learn and let go of. And then the next time, once they realize that and they have this awareness, like, oh, isn't that interesting? Now I don't have that. I got rid of that. Yeah. And so uh. it may not be for you. You might kind of, someone else might say, you know, be thinking, oh, you got triggered over someone blocking you at a gate. 
it's not about the situation. It's right. about what gets triggered because we all get triggered. Right. Right. We're all and human. It, yeah. Some, some people can get triggered at, I see so many, like my, my kids play soccer and I see so many parents get triggered at soccer games. Right. It's yes. like, cause, cause oh. they're just so, oh my gosh, the parents are so funny to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I get in it too. And I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> this isn't about me. It's about them, you know, but right. it, it's like, what triggers us are our gifts. And if we look at that, not as like, this is a school and we're here to learn lessons but that this is here, we are here as a divine extension of the divine to create with, through, you know, for, and that anything that we're drawing into our experience that we don't like or appreciate, it's a gift because as we transmute that within ourselves, freedom exists on the other end. And that's the best gift we get. Oh, so true. Okay. I love to, I want to talk about the quantum success, your book before the desire factor that's coming out in April. But when you talk about the analogy with the the pitcher of water and the everything's energy and your cells, and even just like for people to learn how, you know, lose weight, like I'm, you know, going to our age, you know, like, oh, you were talking about the metabolism, our menopause and all these things, my body weight, nothing's, it's can't lose the weight or all the things that you say out loud that I don't, but you just, you know, to, for people to realize how ener- we're energy and yes. the cells are that, and they're speaking. So yes. you talk about that? Cause I love that. Yeah, absolutely. So we are, when you understand that everything is vibration, I mean, everything is energy, all energy carries a vibration, that vibration goes out into the universe and it's collected by more vibrations. That's law of attraction. But when you understand that we are a vessel, we are, yes, physical, but we're also energy. We have, I mean, trillions and trillions, I think there's 10 trillion cells in our body. We're more energy than we are physical. Although we look and appear, we can touch ourselves and go, oh, I'm so physical, but we're more energy than we are physical. And all of the cells in our bodies all have receptor sites and they have to be filled with energy or we feel depleted. We and ultimately we die if we don't have energy, right? Right. Our energy is the divine that's breathing us. And so energy is the divine, the divine is energy, but all of our cells need to have energy. They're like little cups that need to be filled up with energy. And when they are depleted, they, they look for ways of picking up energy. So if we are not deliberately bringing in the energy by our choosing, so by saying, okay, today I want to feel joy, fill me up divine source of mine. Let me be filled with this beautiful energy, this light of joy. If we're say going out to the grocery store and our little cups are low and we're hearing someone argue or we're, you know, someone could be just standing next to her to us and they could be in their head worrying about something. We could easily be picking up on their energy. And that's why a lot of empaths feel like, oh my gosh, I can't go out. I can't, you know, I can't be around other people because I'm so sensitive if empaths, and this is directly from the council, if empaths could understand how to literally fill up their cups and be exuding the energy out and be that influencer, then mm-hmm. you wouldn't be picking up energy from other people. And so, you know, we have to learn that we are physical, yes. And there's physical things that we have to do to maintain our bodies. Like we get up in the morning and we go to the bathroom and we drink a glass of water and we need to eat breakfast and you know that we we need to eat throughout the day. We don't just do it once. We need to eliminate throughout the day. We don't typically just do it once. 
We, we need to drink throughout the day. I mean, there's certain things we need to sleep, not just once a week, right? There's right. things that we have to do to maintain our bodies from a physical perspective. Well, from an energy perspective, we need to do that too. So when we're feeling the place of being in lack, maybe we're feeling tired, like I'm depleted, right? We have the opportunity when we're noticing what we don't want to then go, let me be filled up with vitality and energy so that I feel you know, revitalized, right? And just taking a few, not even minutes, but just a few moments to fill yourself up, let those the cells be filled with light, then you feel better. You don't need another coffee or another soda or another tea or, you know, something else to Red Bull or something to energize you. You're getting naturally energized. And, you know, same thing is like, if you're feeling like we talked about, if you're feeling fear because of lack, if you can fill yourself up with the feeling and the experience of abundance, it transmutes the lower energy. It transmutes the lack. And so now you're the influencer. Now you're exuding out that energy that you want to experience and more of what you want to attract back to you. Right. When you talk about the percentages, like, is it 94% versus, so there's like a percentage when you talked about that in the quantum success. Yeah. So everything that we know ourselves to be, including the 50 years I've been on the planet, however old you all are, you know, and all the situations, circumstances, everything that happened, everything that we are made of with this physical body is only 4% of who we are. 96% is energy. So to wrap people's head around that, because I've (laughs) interviewed few people that have that same, you know, idea, you know, when you think about, do you realize how powerful you are? you know, and that we were here for this time that we chose, you know, do you like the blueprint? We're coming here to do our thing and to grow and do this whole life that we chosen the family, right? The husband and come and like, and that realize that there's just that little bit that we have. I mean, we have so much. Yeah. Right. And it's amazing how people can get so myopic and so focused on a form, say, as say money. Right. And let that thing, that person, that place, that thing control their consciousness, their feelings, their thoughts, their perspective on things when literally we have the whole entire universe available to us to shift things for us. And when we do that, the forms then change. It's not about changing the form. It's about changing the energy and then the forms change. And the energy is your thoughts, all yeah. that. But yeah. we all, I mean, that's how simple it is, right? Yeah. It is very simple and yet complex all at the same time. It's both and, just like we're both and. We're both physical and non-physical. Right. Do you do things in the morning? Do you, Are you in morning ritual, meditation, gratitude, Absolutely. all that yeah. stuff? I, I wake up in the morning and I realize, ah, I get a brand new day. Okay, what is the, what do I want to marinate in today? What energy? I want to feel joy. And I just let every single cell bathe in that energy of joy. And that's the first thing I do. And then I start the ritual of waking up my family. I first wake up my husband and I cuddle with him and then I'll go up and, you know, cuddle with my two boys. And while I'm cuddling them and waking them up, I'm just in pure love and pure gratitude. And these are the things that I start. And I do declarations of what I'm creating. I usually focus on like three things that I'm creating in my life at a time. You know, so there's rituals that I do so that I'm filling myself up throughout the day. A lot of times people will meditate in the morning uh-huh. and then they, they go and then they feel depleted by two o'clock. 
and then they get off. And it's because they're not being filled enough throughout the day. I mean, when you start to feel your energy dip, stop and just let yourself be filled. You don't have to spend a whole hour doing a meditation. Just ask, be filled, like fill me with joy, fill me with love. Yeah. I mean, we're that powerful just to ask and then to receive. Right. Do you raise your boys with this? Oh, absolutely. We live our lives like this. So they're saturated. They don't know any other way. And when they're not in that way, when they're being negative or something, I'll say, that's not a very good, you know, that's a disempowering thought. How does that thought make you feel? Right. Right. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's all about consequences and rewards because that's what the universe does with us. It's everything is a consequence or reward based on the energy that we give out. What happens, I'm going through with my girls now that we're, they're 12 and 14. I know I'm going to close this up in a couple of minutes, but they have a hard time. Mom, they don't think the way we do, or they, it's hard for me to talk to that because, you know, we don't have the same vocabulary. How do you do that with your boys and their friends? That's never really been an issue. Like they never came to me and said, Hey, we talk about law of attraction. They don't understand that. Their friends always say you're so positive, right? Oh, cute. Yeah, it is. It is cute. So it's probably different with boys versus girls. Girls are a little bit more sensitive and, (laughs) you know, whatever, but I know we're ending, but I want you um, tell the people, so you're coming out with your new book in April. They can get um, the book pre-ordered what I did the other day. And it comes with all this stuff. Will you say kind of that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's the Desire Factor book and you could go to the desirefactor.com and when you pre-order it, it's great. Just pre-order it. When it is ready to come out on April 21st, we just automatically ship it to you. You don't have to think about going and getting it. And when you go pre-order it, you get three meditation slash processes from the council to get you literally moving into the momentum and the energy of creating what it is that you want. And those are available to you right away. And then when the book comes out in May, after it comes out in May, we do a four week live coaching session with myself channeling the council on all the subjects in the book. And it's going to be really, really powerful. And so all of that's like a $900 value for a $15 book. Yeah. Oh, well, I saw that. I'm like, oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just to watch you on YouTube and you were in Sedona and I was watching you channel the council. And it's just, I don't know if it's just where I'm ready to learn this and I'm so ready for that. But, oh, I was like, oh, Christy, like I could sit there all day and just keep going because <laughs> it was so amazing and you're so powerful. And I'm so grateful that you were able to spend this time with me and come here. And, you know, we have mutual friends. I know I had Natalie on the show a couple months ago and, you know, and then I hear her podcast with you on, I'm like, Oh, listen to Christy. And I'm like, Oh, I would love for your message. And you're just doing so much here on this earth and you figured out your passion and your purpose and you're living your dream. I am. And Helping what, other people live theirs too. Yes, so. and what a blessing, right? Yeah. To be that person that you absolutely can do to make a difference. Oh, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much Ashley. Appreciate thank your you honoring so and appreciate what you do to help other people be able to manifest their best life. So thank you so much for having your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I could do this over and over. <laughs> There's so much more I could, could go through, but thank you so much, Christy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend 
And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget, always look for the magic.